non-binary friends, to everyone on the spectrum and in between, welcome to another episode of The Shutter Show. My name is Ken Stack, and with me, as always, is the incredible. David, that's your cue. Say, say, say the words. That you're Hi, it's to. David Marler. How you kids doing? Sorry, sorry, Ken. Just uh, pouring David, my, you my just necessary double glass of wine here. This, this, is, this is, oh boy, oh, is, this, oh. is, this, is this a movie and a half? Oh boy. Oh, we're visiting Make trauma lane, baby. Oh, we are. Uh, Make it everyone, a double. Everyone out there, we are discussing the 2015 movie, The Invitation, directed by Karen Kusama. And oh, oh boy, is this is this a, a whole movie? And oh boy, man. I, I am can first off, I am perfectly fine if this episode goes over because there is so much to talk about. So first, let's start off with the pleasantries. How the fuck are you, good sir? I am I, I am doing okay. I am not going to lie. This movie affected me. I've been having a, um, a minor panic attack kind of all day. Um, so for our listeners at home, fun fact, I have PTSD. And oh boy, did this movie oh. uh, 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 unleash some, some feelings? And it is, but it was good, but like also bad, but also good. Um, but who boy, yeah, um, but if anything, movie, like, yeah, but no, like, I, I think because of that, you're and I think you made a, a very good point. I was very happy that you decided to, you know, push through and be like, fuck it, we have to record mm-hmm. today because it's, I think it makes it more relevant. Like, I, you know, today it feels like today's sort of, um, a mental health day for both of us because i i took the day off of work to literally go to drive two hours to fort wayne so that i could find a psychiatrist who would actually fill my my fucking adderall prescription because every doctor you go to asking for it says i'm sorry i can't because the state says it's illegal because all the meth heads want your want your fucking meds and they look at you and talk to you like you're an addict every time you say hey can you fill this prescription that helps my brain work and then you just have to jump through hoops once a month. Yeah, this medication that I've been on for like a decade that like we all agree is fine, but like some people aren't fine with it and that's why they abuse it. But that's not me because I've been on it for like a decade and I can control myself and- Yeah, the psychiatrist yeah. was weird too. He had a weird obsession with Vikings. It's uh, I like, like I go, go into on. his office, everything that wasn't, Literally every art piece that was in there was Viking or Anglo-Saxon related. That seems problematic. Yeah. Like, the psychiatrist was weird. He was kind of cold. His bedside manner wasn't exactly the best. Granted, I don't think I've ever met a psychiatrist that I've enjoyed in terms of their company. Um, yeah. they're, they're a little cold. Um, yeah. Yeah, cold and collected. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's I mean, granted, they have the worst part of the job, which is just being like, yes, you can have this medication. They're they're the guardians of the the prescription booklet. Um, but no, like that being aside, like as of right now, this is and I say this in the healthiest way possible. This is my prescription for this evening talking about this film. And I can say that and be perfectly fine because on the poster is a giant glass of wine that's uh, got a broken rim with, you know, with Mr. Green 
sitting right I, in that in that fucking I, wine. I, I want to say I cannot conceive of a situation that would make me more uncomfortable than the situation in this movie. Mm-hmm. This is every anxiety nightmare I could possibly imagine melted into one with like all of my biggest traumas and who boy. And neither David, of us have children either. Yes, uh, which is wild. Uh, well, I mean, it's not that crazy that we both don't have children, but just wild that- like, No, it's pretty, it's it, it's understandable for, at yes. least for me. David, do you, <laughs> do you want to tell the kids at home what this movie is about? Like yes. what, yeah. So, so do, do we do we say case? so? So did you say you said the title correct? The invitation, yes, from 2015. Yes, yes from uh, from Karen Kusama. Yes, director of uh, uh, Jennifer's Body and also Aeon Flux for some reason. But also yeah. to 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 the people out there, to to the Aeon Flux historians, please email me, tell me what you 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 know because here's what I do know about the Aeon Flux cartoon show so a i have a long relationship with aeon flux it is a a show that i definitely saw in my formative years but i mostly knew the other like show that was on um the the mtv uh, animation block at that point um which was the max which was this really weird cool homeless insane superhero show and then also the other show that was on it was this weird show about what? Like that's the best way I can describe Aeon Flux because it was just a show butts, about a butts woman. and tongues. Yeah, it was butts and tongues and flexing and anime and 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 pushing the limits of death death by a nail in the foot and falling from a large building. Just like just just uh, the. It's I, weird. I, I forgot I, that Francis McDormand's in the the Eon Flux movie. <laughs> yeah, like, like I just, I like, I so it is clear to me that Karen Kasuma had some sort of vision for the show because she also got Charlie's Throne to like be in this movie about butts, but also uh, her, her, like, one of her big things was clearly like maybe not so many butts, and I think Charlie's Throne was like. Yes, that sounds like the best way to try and fix this show. But yeah, also, like, could, could we not hypersexualize this whole cartoon, which is the essence of it, is hypersexualized? But also, when you but get the also, but yes, but also when you get the DVD now, it's the producers and Charlize Theron and the other stars of the movie, and no, no Karen Kasua, she is not. On the commentary track. From what I can tell with Karen Kasuma, like she thrives best when she's doing indie films, uh, which is definitely what the invitation is. No. And anytime, anytime she anytime she has a large studio budget or even like moderately large studio budget behind her, I think and I think a lot of this comes from her being um a female director, is I think a lot of producers find that they can kind of push her around and make certain demands of her. And I, and I, that, that sounds, especially with Jennifer's body. Like, I think that was one of those things where marketing hardcore took over that situation and made it what it wasn't supposed to be. I I think a huge chunk of it also is 
Karen's just way ahead of the curve. And as a result, most of the producers are like, this is, this is really pushing boundaries. And you're like, yeah, you know, like a good director should. And they're like, mm. yeah, because like, like, and I cannot stress this enough. This movie felt like it crawled out of my brain today. And this movie was made in 2015. Yeah. And, and if you, if you look at her credits too, she's done a ton of like, if anybody who's watched the show Yellow Jackets, she's also directed a couple of episodes of Yellow Jackets, which is is getting rave reviews. Uh, she directed Nicole Kidman in The Destroyer. She is a genuinely talented. Oh yeah, she's directed episodes of Billions. Like she's dope. Like it's she's so good at her job. I want to call the police because mm-hmm. she it is it is criminal how underutilized. She, she she also directed some of the best episodes like she directed two of the best episodes of the man in the high castle um you know so she 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 has her hands in in a lot of different pots both in film and television and this um i've watched a couple of interviews with her in regards to this film that we're talking about the invitation and this was like a film that was five years in the making for her her husband wrote the script um Yeah, and and they they co-produced it with a friend of his, and she directed it, and it was a I think like a, just a million dollar budget, uh, or or relatively around that general area, and it was done quickly, and and she had to prioritize when when they were filming this in this house, which by the way she said was quite run down, and they had to make look like it was taken care of. Um, oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and so she she talks about the idea of because they were so limited, they, they literally only had two days of rehearsal um, in that actual location. Oh, wow. Um, so like, you know, they, they rehearsed a little bit with with the actors outside of that. But like they only had two days to go through the shoot, the, the shot list to walk all the actors through all the different actions. And then throughout this limited amount of time, she had to pick which actors she was going to focus on, which works so well because most of this is told from the perspective of logan marshall green and every once in a while through this film and i'm gonna try my best to keep spoilers down to a minimum at least until we get halfway through this because you can't really talk about this film without diving into spoilers but you know there's several points where he leaves the party or leaves the room to be by himself and because she had to it works really well with her having to to pick between who she wants her shots to focus on, which members of the party she wants to focus on in terms of looks. And because of that, it almost makes Logan Marshall Green seem more isolated. And it actually worked in favor of, of the story and the film and all the different characters. And this is a just spectacular cast. Oh, um, so it's, it's like, I, I didn't even, so, so, um, the uh, lady who plays the Asian girlfriend in this, I could not figure out where I knew her from. And it was one of those things is like, I know her, what show? And it turns out she's on Community. She is the episode where Pierce- Is that where she's from? I, I, was, yeah. I was getting that com- familiar vibe from her too. Yeah, no, no, no. Michelle, it, Michelle it, Krusik, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, the episode where- Pierce is trying to get married to the other big um, uh, 
like uh, cleaning wipes uh, empire, and and she's the Chinese heir to the uh, the, the the moist nap empire in oh. China. <laughs> and 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 she and like and it becomes this whole thing where like they're both like yeah we're using each other what's the big deal, and it was just and and it was and John Carroll Lynch is incredible in this movie and somehow he is as cre- like he is some John Carroll Lynch is somehow the Zodiac killer and also the incredibly supportive husband in Fargo. I do not understand right. how how one actor is able to do both of those things. I cannot think of two more disparate performances. I don't understand how, how you just are these two disparate things for this whole movie. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible performance. It's an incredible cast. The casting is all perfect. The casting is all perfect from from just like a movie standpoint but it's also perfect from like a group of people you know in la standpoint oh also john carroll lynch being like the sweet brother in the founder like one of the mcdonald's brothers like it's but like one of the good ones not ray Kroc. like incredible like it's just it's so good and he's everyone in this is so perfect. Um, well, and it, it works because it, it's so wonderfully contained. You could easily have turned like you could easily adapt this into a stage play. Oh, one thousand percent. Like if I was a high school drama teacher, I would be like, I am absolutely going to ruin this spring <laughs> by, by, by putting on this. Th- we are going to do this show. Because you could almost it, you could almost swear this was a Tracy Let's play. You know what I mean? Like your it is it, it's so contained. It's it, like it is both it's 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 not flabbergasting to me that this movie came together very quickly that her husband wrote it. Like this is the perfect movie to write and shoot quickly in Los Angeles. It has everything that Los Angeles has in spades. It's got a big house in the hills. It's got this weird cast. I love, 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 well, love, love the line where he just says like, look, it's just LA. They're a little weird, but they're harmless. And you're like, no. But what's Actually, great is though, like, like this could also, scary. like this could be, this story could be done in any city. But in one of her interviews, Karen Kusama talks about the fact like, this is my LA story. This is um, this is sort of my tribute to the weirdness of L.A. And Ken, you and I, you know, I'm like myself having lived in L.A. for seven years and you for for more than that, for sure. Um, how long have you lived in L.A. now for for? I mean, like, I, I, I lived in L.A. for seven, eight years and now I'm going back. It's and like, and this is like the like, perfect amount of time to have both been to LA and then been away from LA to realize how much this movie is LA. Yeah. Right? And you you and I have both I like and I'm sure you have too like like but I've I've been to some of these weird eccentric dinner parties. I like I've in the in specifically in the Hollywood Hills where you can't yes. seem to find fucking parking and where every house is a million dollars, but there's no reception and the internet doesn't work. 
It's exactly. The, it's the when they were, part of time. The most, the most believable thing about this whole movie is everyone being like, are you getting reception here? No, I'm not. I'm like, yeah, no, I completely believe that. You can't fucking yeah. get reception. I, 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 I have worked, I've worked for legitimate millionaires who live in houses where they don't have internet service. And I'm like, well, why? why I've wondered that, like, with all, all the money? fires going on, like, like, why do you want to be in the fucking hills at all? There's yeah, nothing, there's, there's almost nothing convenient about it outside there, of your house. There's one road in and out of town. If you want to go to the gas station, it's 40 minutes if you're lucky. You don't have reception. The internet sucks. Parking Something is Something catches nightmare. fire. The, the, like the fire truck can't get up those narrow yeah, fucking like swerves. It's, just, and... it's so it's so bizarre. David, I think it might be time for us to tell tell the audience a little bit about some of our, our pasts. And that's yes. why okay, yeah, let's dive into why this, this movie. David, David, if I'm correct, you helped a lady escape from uh, from Scientology. I have been the member of no less than I believe two Catholic cults. Um, I have PTSD. <laughs> um, we we are perfectly. It is it is it is crazy how much uh, this movie this is, this movie is, hits is home in so many fucking so ways. So many ways. So many ways, David. Oh well, like Ken, like so, like the whole thing that you're talking about with Scientology, and it's like here's the thing: I don't even necessarily know if I rescued this woman from Scientology, but I for sure could have been one of the actors that rescued her. And if you're, if you're wondering who I'm talking about, I am talking about Scientology casting director, Valerie Haney. Um, little, little, little fact about me is uh, just to make ends meet. I did a bunch of extra work and commercial and promotional work for the church of Scientology. As you do. As you do. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, if, if any of, if there's any actors in Los Angeles or anybody, any production folks in Los Angeles, you, then you, you most certainly recognize the name golden era productions. And that is the casting notices that always pop up on, on the casting pages. And it's almost always, and it's always the church of Scientology and they pay real fucking good. Like every day you're getting at least 250 bucks a day plus gas because it takes like two and a half hours to get out to this giant pink castle in the middle of fucking nowhere surround like, like filled with exotic animals intricate sets like i was on um the most professional set that i've ever seen and it was a, a korean pow camp and every time i went there valerie haney the casting director who was the sweetest curly haired blonde woman I've ever encountered almost friendly to a point where every single guy on set was like, I think the casting director's hitting on me. I'm like, no, she's just a Scientologist. Please take your ego out of this process. She's not trying to fuck you. She's just trying to recruit you. Um, but I know for it, I know for a fucking fact that I was here at this moment and if you if you watch Leah Ramini's um, little series about Scientology, mm -hmm. like she features Valerie Haney's thing, and she talks about when she realized that she was in a cult, and it happened to be one of the days that I was on set with her, and it was during the POW camp, and and that shoot was talk was touching up on on recruitment methods that the North Koreans. Mm -hmm. Use or just that 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 was going on during the Korean War. Excuse you, Jim. Excuse you, Ken. 
Um, but so like, like, like they, they were explained, they were going over the recruitment methods for, for the Korean army. And that was what made her realize she was in a cult. So I was on set on the day where the light bulb clicked. Mm-hmm. And so what she did was she hid herself like towards the end of the, towards the end of a shoot. And it was a night shoot. And I've been on several night shoots was she went around the parking lot just as things were wrapping up looking for any actor's car. And we all parked in the same general area, looking for any actor's car who was comfortable enough to leave their door unlocked. And then she hid herself in the trunk. And this poor actor. Of your car. Drove, yeah. Or like, like could have easily, like it was, thank God it was, it was not my car, okay. but it wasn't. No. So it like, I did not I help just, her I, escape, but it yes, could I, have I, easily I, been me. Yes. I just want to be clear about the details of what exactly happened because. Oh, yes. Oh, precisely. But no. Yeah. And, and then we'll get to my cult stuff. That's. but that's Oh, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. But, but so she found an actor's car, was able to pop his trunk open and hid in his car. And. Apparently they were lo- they realized that she went missing before he left, but they never checked his vehicle. And so yes, he unknowingly be- so he unknowingly smuggled this cactus, this casting director out of there and did not realize it until he pulled into his, you know, his LA apartment and went to go, you know, get his stuff out of the back. And she was banging on the trunk. And she's like, please, I'm begging you, don't call anybody. I just I'm going to go find somebody like, like, thank you for getting me out of there. Can you fucking imagine how this actor must have fucking felt? <laughs> like, no, I, 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 I like, and she I was on the like run from Scientologists. Yes. Like, like, yeah, and, and they like were to trying yes, to, but I can say no, but like, they were wow. trying to literally track her down and convince her to come back in so they could, they could physically keep her there against her will. Yeah. Scientology is a fucking cult. They are evil as hell. And this movie reminds me so much of not only Scientologists, but of the fucking Manson family. Oh, like it's the Manson that is, family, it's Amway, it's 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 all of that culty camp group think nonsense that Uboy sets off and they so many things with me. And Ken, but and the one of the things that like like cults they they prey on people in transition and especially people who are going through trauma. Mm-hmm. And you always like you, you go to any documentary about any particular cult and who the person is, is being interviewed. They went through some horrible traumatic thing or they're running away from something or they feel like they're, they're not living up to their own standards. They are searching for something. Every fucking cult finds that little piece and they just pick it apart and they do something uncomfortable around that person that gauges just what they can get away with and just how far they can push this person. And then they find out who they know. And then they're like, cool, we need you to bring in some more people. Like it's fuck. I hate cults, but I'm, I, I like, I'm, I'm fascinated by them, but, and like this movie pissed me off in so many ways in terms of just like, <laughs> man, oh, fuck cults. Just and, and in general organized religion, I like I will respect anybody's particular religious beliefs. You are entitled to believe what you want to believe. And I am not going to 
to speak otherwise against that. But in my experience throughout my entire life, I have seen organized religion as simply just a way to extort and control people to do things that they don't want to do. Yeah, or I to mean, find themselves. As someone who has been the member of a couple of or uh, two Catholic cults, um, one the Knights <laughs> of Columbus, and then the other one, uh, George... oh shit, the Knights of Columbus. Are you shitting me? No. Wait, you never told me this. Yes. No. So, um, yeah. No. And um, you said Amway at one point, but you never said. Go on, good sir. So sorry. Yeah. No. 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 So, like, um, one of the guys that I went to high school with, his dad was really big into Knights in Columbus, and it was like, oh, it's this social group, and you should check it out. And my parents were always really big into church, so like, it seemed like a good move. And. All of a sudden, I found myself in a room with a bunch of dudes chatting Latin, and it was real like, oh no, what, what have I done? This is, this is not, no, whoa, 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 hang on. I thought this was like a, like a church group, like we're going to talk about, I don't know, our parents or something, but no, I was not expecting to chat. Like Latin. a men's group where the guys go out fishing and they talk about God and yes. shit. That, that, that is, my mom's know, church has that yes no i was expecting like a big talks about like you know uh the, the the greater picture and fishing and you know and and like some sort of mufasa lion king speech about how <laughs> how you know uh the the fish and the the predators live in our ours was our, our our men's group is literally called the fishermen perfect yeah see exactly perfect exactly what i was expecting and instead I got chatting in Latin and it was real like, oh, who were the Templars? Right? Fuck. Like, like with Jesus over youth, that was I, like, that was me being in high school. I feel like that was like, they did all sorts of weird wake you up in the middle of the night and then make you join like a dinner thing. And then we all like talk and we all like admit things that we've done wrong. And then, like, we all and that's just so they it. have, and that's all, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And a I lot know. of that with Scientology specifically, like, they ask you to can like, like to talk about things that you've like things that you've done and things that you've gone through because they hold that over the uh -huh. over you and oh. they blackmail you with that. shit. Yes, they absolutely do. And, um, yes, that is a hundred percent like that is every experience I had with this. And, um i i can't who well, well um, ken candid like you remember i told you when i worked as a scenic carpenter yep one of the one of the guys on my crew and i think i even i i've talked about this in one of the episodes and i'm not going to mention he, him by name didn't he murder somebody he he it was an assisted murder ken yes and he, no, he helped and to be more specific he helped skin a man alive Yes. And, All right, and, good. And, and who was he helping with that? He was helping his father, who was the literal cult leader mm -hmm. and went All went to jail at 17 and was literally going to serve 25 years. But because he was tried as a minor, they let him out in 10. And he was the most well-adjusted person at the shop, to be perfectly honest. I, like I cannot begin was... to explain how casual a text that you sent me. When you were like, by the way, a guy on my crew might have helped fillet a man alive. And I was like, 
All right, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to need some more context. What? Yeah, I'm going to. No, he. I mean, need, he. He was. He was born. David. He was born into a white supremacist doomsday cult. Yeah. Um. No, and yeah. and he open Normal and he stuff. he openly talks about this. He's done several interviews. Like like there's been a couple of life uh, like not lifetime, but he's they've done a couple of, um, God, what's the investigation discovery, things like he's done a couple of interviews with them. Um, but he, his father was the leader of this white supremacist doomsday cult. And it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, his dad was losing control over his group and it led to him eventually taking some of the people who were pushing back and, and one of them, like, like some fucked up shit happened. Like people were forced to have sex with, with livestock. Um, yes. Yeah, no, like the dude that he murdered, um, him and his son were forced to have sex with a couple of the farm goats. And this is before they shot his son, his, his, his toddler son in the head and then filleted a man alive. David, I thought I was admitting a lot when I said I used to sell Amway, which <laughs> here we are, but also, and, you know, Jesus, when, when Jesus Christ. When you really put a collection together of all the fucking shit that I've 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 come across in my life, man, I'm I'm ready for a boring life now. David, <laughs> we both have a cornucopia of trauma that I don't think either of us was really aware that we both shared, but also that's why we're best friends, right? Yeah. BFFs? Like yeah. yeah. PTSD yeah. buddies. Yeah, that is that that is, that is that is us, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, you you, um, you and your muggable friend. Yeah, um, yo, know, you're David. Oh man, uh, we're, well, I mean, we're unloading the stories. How many times have you been mugged? Like three times? Over four? over four times. Over four times. And I have I been clear. over four Too times, many. and I in one of those cases, I was in a full on knife fight. That yes. was that's first off. That's too many times. I say knife fight. It was literally over in like five seconds. It was um, just. No, so let's be clear. This was you stabbing somebody who was trying to knife you, right? Slicing, slicing more Slice. accurately. It's like he no. went, he went to stab me, and I pulled his arm, I pulled his arm across, and literally, I knew he was following me. And in Chicago, everybody carries a knife on them. It's just yeah. when because nobody has a car, so you're walking from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. There is a legal limit to the the length of that blade has to be. It was a homeless dude. Dude made it very obvious that he was intending to do something. But then I turned around. He had his fucking knife out. He saw that I saw him. He literally looked exactly where his blade was going to fucking go, which is right into my stomach. And I I caught the blade of this this doped up homeless man, pulled it across, and my knife went across, like, or up his wrist. I, I All I can say is I, like... I know what it looks like when someone's tendon gets cut and their arm automatically just pops back. Like that's, I, I, I can say for certain, and I know we've gone way off topic in regards to like talking about this movie, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh-huh. it's people. We've seen some shit and this is why we do the shutter show about horror this, movies and not yeah, about, yeah. Uh, not about romantic comedies. This, this show is completely off the rails. I want to say hi to Riley and her mom. Hi Riley. Enjoying listening. Uh, I, I don't know what's happening anymore. I've heard so many I good know. things, Riley. Can't wait to yeah. meet you. I, I, from what I understand, David is admitted to some felonies. I have been in a cult. Uh, David's also been in a cult. 
we both also been invited to too many parties in the hills that we were both very uncomfortable with. David. Yes. What more do we have to say about this film other than so much? Everything like this movie is like this movie hits so many notes perfectly. Like in a way, there, there's that, there's so much going on with this film that that the little stinger at the end, the little which you know I'm not going to say right away what it is. That almost meant nothing to me compared to everything else that I fucking go. This yeah. is the most uncomfortably amazing film I've ever seen. It is, it is so uncomfortable. Good, it is such a good slow burn, and you don't. It, it it is actually like the perfect encapsulation of what this party is like because so we haven't really recapped the movie even though i think i asked you to do that like 20 minutes ago david you did can i'm gonna let you do it i've talked enough no by all means okay so logan marshall green is gets an invitation from his ex-wife who he had a child with who has died under unfortunate circumstances. Never really address what it is. Never, like they never really, they, they never really flush out the details. What's, what's very clear is that their child died. There was nothing they could really do. It was an accident. Maybe if one of them had been paying more attention, maybe everything would have been okay. But also, probably not. It seems like a real, like I like, and again, they're not really sure on the specifics. But it seems like a real, our kid like had an aneurysm, kind of a problem. Like not a he slipped and hurt himself. Not a oh he ate something that he shouldn't have. Like a, there's nothing we could have done. It was it just. That's what happens. Yeah. And, and and this this movie is the perfect example of show don't tell. They yes. don't they don't beat you. They like it wasn't apparent at first what the situation was. You kind of walk in with a bunch of strangers. The only people that you know off the bat, which by the way, I gotta say how this movie starts off is brilliant. You start the this, I mean, and I'm going to, a little, spoiler here, a little bit, like, this is Death Cult, for sure. Death Cult. Um, but with that being said, the movie starts with a car act, like, with, with him hitting an animal okay, on the yeah. road, and he puts it out of his misery. If that isn't the full encapsulation behind the theme that this movie is, and it's just like, and even, like, they bring it up, like, we hit a we hit a uh, an animal and you know my boyfriend had to uh, you know had to kill it himself and uh, David what's his name the new husband the guy who's now living there was like well it was suffering you had to put it out of his misery which is literally what that whole fucking party is about I mean it's and, and also like and the casting of the new husband is incredible as he's like this weird. <laughs> mirror version of of Logan yeah um, Green. Uh, what is it michael Huseman? is that yeah his name? like like we just like his whole look is so clear like it is um it is it is like the episode of friends with um what's his name uh not with raw with russ 
where Ross where, and the like, new and the new girlfriends. The, the yeah, where, yeah, where, where Jennifer Aniston is is dating just David Schwimmer. Where the, where the producers are like, we need one black cast member. Well, no, 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 no. This is the one where she's literally dating David Schwimmer, but he's got a fake chin. Oh, uh, so, so so like yeah, it's literally yeah. like it's literally he's being replaced. Like it's just, hey, don't you see? that you're just dating the guy that you were dating. Like, it's so, like, the casting is in, per- like, the, the, their casting to me is perfect. So, like, um, David, here's another thing that we're going to have to talk about that's a little uncomfortable. So part of the reason that you are not a famous actor, because I've seen you act and you're quite good, <laughs> is because Logan Marshall Green also stole your face. And, like, <laughs> and, and and I just mean that in the way that, like, if what they want is someone who looks like you. The problem is, is they already have a Logan Marshall Green. And then someone also continuously steals Logan Marshall Green's face. And that is, um, oh God, Bane. What the, f- um, oh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. Like Logan Marshall Green is the cheap man's Tom Hardy. And I am the cheap yeah. man's Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. It, it's the same thing as that happened with like Lily Soybleski and Helen Hunt. We're just like, oh, do we need to cast Helen Hunt's daughter? No. Well, then we're good. Oh, well, also, do we need to cast Lily Sobleski's mom? No, then we're fine. Like we, yeah. we already have, we already have you. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes you're George Clooney, and they're like, hey, we need a new Cary Grant, or you're Brad Pitt, and somebody's like, oh, but yeah. we need a new Robert Redford. But, and the great thing about Logan Marshall Green and Tom Hardy is they both have this talent for just having so many fucking looks. And I have been out. I have been told this too, like where like literally I grow a beard and I look like a completely different fucking person. They're both weirdos, which is the best. Like it's 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 the same thing that people had a hard time with Brad Pitt with. Where they were like, "But you're a weirdo character actor." And he's like, "But I'm the prettiest man who's ever lived." And they're like, Okay, yes, but you're also the prettiest man who ever lived. Can you just be that? And he was like, I mean, I guess, but I really want to be weird for money. But can I please do Fight Club? Yeah, can I Can I please do Fight Club? <laughs> can I please do Burn After Reading? Can I please do Fisher King? Like, can I please just be a weirdo for money? And finally- He's getting like, old enough now where he can finally fill that role of just being the fucking weirdo. Well, he can just produce. Like, it was like nobody wanted to let Tom Cruise do his own stunts until he was like, fine, I guess I'm just in charge now. And now you can't tell me no. And they were like, fine, money man. Do your producing stunt. And they're all just like holding yeah. their breath. You're like, God, if this guy dies, we all yeah, lose our jobs. Yeah, no, it's the opposite of of J.J. Abrams letting his his incredibly untalented son write comic books. It's just, it's nepotism, good nepotism, bad. It's being in the club, good being in the club, bad. It's, it can, it cuts both. L- Logan ways. Marshall Green, by the way, 100% could play Charles Manson. Oh, 1,000%. Um. And also, this movie is, like, I could not design a movie in a lab to be more perfectly directed, like, on the quick. At in you? The back, <laughs> well, like, 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 in my back pocket on what I knew I could find from vaguely successful people in, like, L.A. Like, the house is big, but it's not too big. It's starring famous people but no one 
famous. Everyone's good. Yeah, this, but this, no is, this, like, it's but, not Nicole Kidman on this one. Yeah, yeah. Meryl Streep does not show up for a minute to just destroy everyone. Like everyone is a consummate professional. This movie is a lineup of baseball players all hitting doubles, not singles, not triples, nothing incredibly fancy, just the most proficient baseball team you've ever seen in your entire life. Everyone shows up, everyone does their job, everyone does their job better than they should, and then everyone goes home and everyone was happy about it. You know, like in a way that didn't happen with Aeon Flux. Everyone got paid all of the money on Aeon Flux and everyone showed up and some people did their jobs and some people didn't and some people did well and some people didn't, but everyone apparently went home a little mad because, well, clearly the director wasn't invited to the commentary track and that can kind of only mean one thing, which yeah, was that means there was some real butting of heads in terms there, of creative yeah, control. That means everybody had a good time, but the director and the producers, which tends not to be good. Um, David, I cannot stop talking about how good this movie is. I like, hey. I like, like, let, let me just like, let, let me get just this one little thing out. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. As, as, as someone who has PTSD, something that kind of drives me nuts in movies is when trauma is relayed to be this thing that gives you a superpower. And that superpower is I can just snap next now. Like, like as if like John Wick was a caring, loving person and then like his wife died and now he can just a snap a necks and everything's fine. That is can, not can heal from a fucking stab in the stomach. Yeah. Like, like his, his superpower becomes, he doesn't feel. And that's not what PTSD is like. And let me be real for a second. Like what it is, at least for me is, is realizing how fallible we all are. And I just love, 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 love the moment where Logan Marshall Green just turns to his girlfriend and says, they're just people. That to me is the perfect encapsulation of what this kind of trauma does to your outlook. What it means is not, I don't see people as people. I see people as just people. They're not monsters. He's not Michael Myers. He's not John Wick. He's just a bag of soup. And yeah, and then and once things start that. going off, you like immediately things go wrong. Oh, everything goes everything goes bad, everything goes wrong. It's so messy. No, like nothing about the plan being rolled up, rolled out goes well. Well, when Every John Carroll Lynch is coming up the stairs with a gun, he doesn't look confident. He looks genuinely afraid of pain. He he's like, oh shit, I guess we have to do this now. God, like, like, like this was supposed to be easy. I get like Lindsay Burge's uh, uh, character, Sadie. Her first thing is you're ruining everything. Yeah. Is like, is the perfect encapsulation of her character, by the way. Like she is the deviant, like, like she is the deviant. John Larrell uh, Lynch's character Pruitt is the enforcer. And 
um, oh gosh, what are the, and then David and um, Eden are the brainwashed. Is, well, is the, so, 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 all right, quick questions, quick aside. Is this, uh, is this a, a series of archetypes that you are referencing? Because I just haven't heard this group. This, this is um, just like, I don't know, like, like in researching this, I've also, and I've, I've watched a whole bunch of different documentaries in terms about like cults and everything. And there's always outside of the leader of the cult itself or the leaders of the cult itself, which usually tends to focus around one man. Yeah. There is the 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 archetypes that that happen are there like there's always an enforcer, there is yeah. always a deviant, and there are always the brainwashed. I just you have you have, you have taken a lot of acting classes, and I know you have paid a certain amount of money for those. So if there was <laughs> too much, too much money. Yes. So if there was somebody's classes that we needed to discuss, I wanted to know who that was. But no, that, that no, like like that, but, but, but there's. Yeah. So, so, but there's, there are definitely the strangers to the group that aren't part of that friend circle. And that is um, Sadie and Pruitt. Pruitt yes. is intimidating. He is, and you constantly see him doing these little asides with David. Like he is trying to keep him on task. He is the fucking enforcer. And Sadie is just chaos. She is like, I will fuck everybody here. Oh, she's like, running around like she's running around with no pants. Yeah, but literally like, the first shot of her is is full bush. Well, like and but in a way that you're not even sure. If, What's her edge? Well, like you don't even know if that's actually happening. If this is just like like this is just a hallucination that that Logan is having because like, let's be clear, like Logan's connection with reality is shaky. Yeah, but but, but he's also, an unreliable narrator. Well, he's unreliable, but he's reliable about saying that he's unreliable. Like like so so Logan is never going to lie to you, but he might tune out during the most important thing that you need to see, and that might be why bad things happen. You know what I mean? Like he's not. Because like most of the time when you talk about an unreliable narrator, you are talking about like a Tyler Durden, someone who is actively fucking up the narrative, who is actively lying to you. And See, at, at the beginning, at the beginning of this film, honestly, because my wife watched this with me, Katie watched this with me. At the beginning of the film, it, first you come across Sadie. She is the first stranger in the group. And the first edge that she gives is it's a sex cult yeah. and they're at a swingers orgy and then yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a key and then Pru and then Pruitt comes into the mix and you just goes and then when Pruitt comes in you're like okay this John Carroll Lynch just added a whole nother layer to this where I also, feel like he's gonna snap my neck is there more perfect casting for someone you're uncomfortable with a sex cult than John Carroll Lynch. He is the perfect, of course, that guy is in a sex cult, but also <laughs> he was the Zodiac killer for fuck's yeah, sake. I'm I'm pretty yeah. I'm I'm, I'm glad that he's having a good time. <laughs> you know, you, does, yep. that make, does that make sense? Like he, he pulls is, the trigger a little yeah. too easily. Yes, exactly. That is the best way to put that. Like it's but God, he has he has by far the best monologue in oh. this whole thing where he talks about his wife. 
like masterclass in acting. Masterclass like, fucking monologue. Like, no notes. The only monologue that maybe is better that is the John Sales monologue about anal probes, which is the most amazing thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it is the most. It is the most <laughs> sincere monologue that takes a hard left turn about Here's ninety every, seconds in. Every, every, almost every acting class. If you, if you are an actor and you go into an acting class, you know the type I'm talking about. There is always the middle age. There is always one, at least one middle aged actor that is a man there. Who is too old for everybody? Mm-hmm. You know, but still hits on everybody. He, he, but still, like, but still, collectively uh-huh. hits on all the younger ladies. But 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 and not, he's, not, he's the one that not, creeps everybody out. He but, is but the one in, that you. But like, not in too creepy a way. Like, no, it's just, no. It's always the appropriate amount of flirting that you can get away with as a creepy old man and let's be clear, just enough to be off putting yeah just yes. enough to be off putting to the point where you don't grab drinks with him alone yes like to the point that you have to ask your professor about it and your professor has to talk to them but then there never needs to be like a big class. thing they, they they all we, we all just decide and the so, teacher this yep. is the monologue you want to give that actor yeah and that's a, and that is exactly the John Sales butt plug or sorry uh, uh, anal, anal probe. David, how are we not brothers? This is such a specific <laughs> rabbit hole that we have run down. Oh, okay, I love you so much. If if you don't know what we're talking about, I need you to just Google John Sales anal probe monologue. You are and- in for a fucking treat. Let me tell you. Um, God damn it, Ken! This might be my uh, the most fun I've had for one of our episodes. <laughs> but no, like, and it is a giant testament to this film. And we haven't even touched on the grief aspect of it. We've we've talked mostly about the cult stuff. Yep. Like, like uh, I, 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 I want to fish. By the way, is the movie in, in case our talking has been too cryptic? The movie Passion Fish, written by John Sayles, who I've talked to and shaken hands with, and he's a very nice man. Um, wrote the best monologue about anal probes and acting maybe mm-hmm. of all time. Anyway, David, go on. I'm sorry. I'm just clapping. Oh, yes. So oh, no, no, no. No worries. I got you. But, but no, like, we haven't even touched on, because this this film covers so many fucking bases, it's, so it's, many it's themes. So but but the big one is outside of cults and outside of the idea of like how they 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 thrive on traumatized people and how that is their niche this film dives into the culture of trauma and what is a healthy way to process trauma. And you are asking yourself like, you know, is this person right? Like, cause there are points where you're just like, well, and, and everyone kind of has a moment that evening where they're like, well, does David and Eden have a problem? They both seem quite content and they both Eden lost a son she but she seems like she found something that worked for her but then you come to realize no she's just denying yeah almost that it ever happened by saying and and again you can push this over to over 2000 years of christianity and catholicism and any other religion on the books and says like when you die you are going to go to a special place where all the people that you love that you've lost 
are there and they're going to welcome you and they're going to love you. This is an intense version of fucking hospice and it is toxic as fuck. It denies people the humanity of grieving and it is good. But at first, but it has such a, a, a cryptic mask on that says, this is the healthy way to deal with this. Why aren't you on this program? All the while, Logan Marshall Green is looking at this and you're like, I'm sorry, did I miss the part where we're still grieving and we're still trying to fucking figure this shit out? Like, I kind of feel like the only way that you could make this movie more now and more resonant would be, because like, so we never meet the cult leader. We see him on a computer. We see him through videos. They shot all those the first day, by the way. Shot all of those. They shot all of those in the first day and they cut it together in a single night so that the Perfect. actors could see it for the first time. Yeah. So, like, the only way that this video, like, this movie would be more precedent would be if this was a TikTok cult. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. they were just like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but look, look, look at the positivity. Look how. No, no, no. But it, I've I've come to terms. But if you look at your poem, you can see the initial, the person that's going to be your soulmate. Yeah, I mean, you know, but and like and like, all right. So like, I want you to just imagine now you're at this party, right? And then you find out that John Carroll Lynch is there because they're friends on TikTok. And then you find out that like every other person that you don't know at this party is just some weird TikTok mutual. And suddenly, this like like. I already, I am already a very suspicious and nervous person. And I want to be clear. I am a six foot two, 200 pound white man. I am, I am not a tough safe. guy, but like I am pretty <laughs> safe. I, I am not to be easily razzled with. Like, even if you want to razzle me, I'm just going to be a pain in the ass to fight. I have really long arms. I'm just heavy. Like I've just not designed to easily be fightable. And Whereas I, I am the most muggable person on the fucking planet, apparently. Yes, David, you, you've been muggable <laughs> times, times. So, but like, I would not drink anything out of this house that wasn't tap water that I didn't see come out of the tap that I had Googled the brand name of the tap and knew that the tap fixtures were sold at Home Depot because I just wouldn't trust. Oh, you got one of those Brita filters on there? That's definitely full of poison. Oh, well, there, there's the point where they're, like, yeah. they're pushing the wine on. They're they're pushing the wine on people. Like this is expensive fucking wine. Mm-hmm. If you don't enjoy this, you're missing out. And again, to like to the point, like Logan Marshall Green's character is not necessarily dealing with this trauma in an unhealthy way. He's not at the bottom of a bottle. Anytime he's offered wine. He, for the most part, with the exception of just going point, and drinks water. Yeah. He he rejects it. He's he's not a like an alcoholic, he's just a grieving father. Yeah. That's he's it. just like, yeah, no, I like I, I've done the whole drinking thing. I really just don't want to go have a cry in the living room right now. So, like, I would just prefer to have some water. I'm actually being here, I'm being very present. If anything, and, he's the healthiest person there. Yeah, no, I mean, and and again, the gaslighting in this movie is 
Chef, chef's kiss. Yeah, just <laughs> chef's kiss perfect. And I want to be clear, like I, I'm obviously not pro gaslighting, but in this movie- Man, that was they, some sweet, sweet gaslighting. Yeah, like the, the, the way <laughs> they make him feel like, like it, it, it's, it's such the perfect encapsulation of the Reddit thread, am I the asshole? And in this particular answer, the answer is actually nobody. It turns out everybody else here is. It looks I am like happy to tell you that for once, you're <laughs> yeah, the most sensible person here. But that's exactly what, the, and like it gets everything right. It's just, it, it's like the fact that people come up and talk to him. And then he's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. And they're like, I'm sorry, you're right. But I want to let you know that like, I haven't been talking to you because like you've, I was trying to give you space, but I also I, I might realize that that is giving you too much space. So is that too much space? And he's like, I'm sorry, I was distracted. And then being like, ooh, okay, well, this is awkward. And like, that's so perfect when like what you want from people is to have space, but they want to treat you like a baby. But what you just need is to be treated like an adult who sometimes needs to admit that oh. I need to be treated like a bit like does that does every every it's, single character it's so pulls, complicated every single character pulls Logan Marshall Green aside to be like hey I know I wasn't there for you the past two years but I'm here for you now if you need anything yeah, I'm here today is that okay him being like I guess thanks yeah and and you know he handles it maturely like he's but he's also in like his character is a very no nonsense person. And he's like, he recognizes that his ex-wife Eden is off. It's just there's yeah. there's something, there's something not right. It's 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 that thing where you're like, look, if there's one person here who is gonna be able to recognize that something is wrong with her, it's me. I'm her ex-husband. That is. I understand that person. It's like, what do you mean you looked into, into like her pills that she was taking? He's like, I'm her fucking ex-husband. I know when something's I mean, like, off. It's, I mean, exa it's exactly that. It's, I know this person so much that I have to marry them. And then also, fuck, I need to get away from this person. Like it is, it, like it is, is an understanding of something and a person that I don't think people who haven't been married can really understand. Because it is it is seeing somebody for all of the endorphins and then also seeing them without a single endorphin. It is seeing them on Sunday morning at five in the morning, no makeup on, and just that's who they are. And that's the person you married. And that is the bargain that you made. And I don't know what to tell you other than here we are. There, there is some serious imposter syndrome that goes on in this film, especially with the character oh my, David. Oh and it's God, like, like yes. you are an imposter and like you are, you're calling our home yours. You're not calling it ours. You're calling it yours. Yours. It belongs to you. Suddenly my wife belongs to you. She doesn't belong to anybody. She didn't belong to me. She now belongs to you. Like, they, they, like, I, like, I do think we really need to talk a little bit about like, the wife in this and that's Eden and it's the other, it's the yang to the, to the ying of the grief spectrum. And this is somebody who just, she needs to find that outlet because she can't live otherwise. Well, she needs to find forgiveness and she has found the only way in my opinion, because I'm not her, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, 
like that that's clearly what she needs she needs to be made whole for what this event happens yeah and she she is the result of what happens when the cult comes across the traumatized yeah well and also when like so it's not like john carroll lynch's character where like he clearly did a bad like he got very mad he might be telling the truth about how much he had to drink we don't know because we just have his perspective right but like it, like at least from John Carroll Lynch's perspective, what happened to him with his wife was he had a bad night, things got out of hand, and now he can't take it back because a bad accident happened. And we see that also happen with 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 Logan Marshall Green's character, but we see enough of it in his flashbacks to know that like, yeah, that's pretty clearly what yeah. you like like it wasn't his fault we don't know the details we don't know the specifics but we do know he did not get drunk yeah. in his kid and the, he did the not director too much like he no the, the director had bad. enough sense to show snippets of the past not yes. like a full-on fucking scene just little tiny blips of not just their life with their son which is a very sweet tender moment of just two parents bonding like like in the bathtub together and their son comes in who got woken up. Like that's a very sweet moment, but also their relationship with their friends and just how they were so tight with their friends and how they would come over for those like little weekend get togethers. And like yeah. they would celebrate their friends, kids birthdays. And like, they were all chances are they were all there when it happened. So they all, there's like a shared guilt, but Outside of that, these two parents feel so alone, and I think she feels so isolated. And like she, she has no idea what to do with this fucking grief. Well, it's 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 she can't accept responsibility, but also at the same time she can't get past it. So she's just, so 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 she's just ignoring it. Like, um, so so the line for me, and this isn't a spoiler but this does come at the end of the movie. And she just says, take me outside. And that's all I'm gonna say. And to me that, and he said, and Logan Paul Green, or Logan Marshall Green says, okay. And it's such a stupid, small consideration, but that is what, being married is like, 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 and being married in the past tense, it is realizing a thing is difficult for me, but realizing the other person needs it and willing to do it anyway, because, because like, and it's, that's, and like, that's the promise you made. And, and like, and the Spoilers, I guess. The last thing she says is, <laughs> is I hope we. And that's, and that is. You, you know, he finished that sentence. I, I know. You know, I know you, you know, he knows what she's saying. Uh, you know what, you know what she's saying, but also, is there a better metaphor for an unfulfilled marriage than saying, I hope we and just trailing off like that's 
That and he could is, be anything. I hope we meet again. I, I mean, he could. No, no, exactly. That's what it is. It's it is the start of a sentiment with no follow through. It is like I will love you in sickness and in health, but also I gotta bounce. Does that make sense? Like yeah. that's like that's exactly what it is. It is an unfulfilled commitment that we decided ride or die to the end and all you could say was i hope we and then you couldn't follow through and i didn't realize how perfect and on the nose this was until i watched like this movie almost gave me a panic attack this movie was like staring into the abyss i yeah we we almost we almost didn't do the episode today but we you insisted I, i i don't know how karen kasuma crawled into my brain like seven years ago and then made this movie that is my exact physical, like my, 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 my exact mental landscape right now from the tuning out to the fact that I used to have hair like Logan Marshall Green. Like we had the exact same beard and hair. Go look at my Instagram. You can see like I, um, John Carroll Lynch and his wife were married for the same amount of distance that me and my ex were. There was like the, the, the one character in this movie that who I relate to the most is named Ben. Like this movie fucked me up on a real personal level in a way that I can't describe. And then there's also just there's also just like Ben, ben being Ben being your your brother, like, like, right? Who, like yeah. Well, no, Ben. I, I'm just being Ken. And then the guy who I relate to the most is a Ben and like, and he's kind of the outside one, but like, also he's like, this is fun, but he's the single one. But also he's like, this is a little weird, but it's just LA people. Um, I, I felt so bad for his, his best friends, Ben played by Jay Larson. Cause there's such a tender conversation that he, and there's also that that crazy moment where Eden slaps him in the face for being a little out of line. Oh my god, that's so incredible! Like it's it was, such a perfect moment of like, oh, actually, hold on, shit's fucked up. And your friend being like, nah. she's not okay. Yeah, she's, she's not. Okay. She's not okay. But and it was such an LA thing to be like, no, everything's fine. We're just gonna We're ignore, just gonna ignore this thing. What just happened? Exactly. That is, it it is, it is just, and we've all experienced the slap heard around the world right now with, uh, Mm -hmm. with Will Smith and, and Chris Rock and everyone's like, everything's okay. Let's just give him the award and fucking move on and pretend the shit didn't fucking happen. Um, yeah. But then it's just the, the, the conversation that he has with him though, where he just talks about like, Hey, how are you and your wife? I think we hate each other. Yeah. It's so it like, it's so. Such a healthy way to look at a collapsing marriage, though. I mean, I think we hate each other. Yeah, it 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 is the perfect examination of the last year of any like like any relationship between two adults, especially when something like kids are involved and taxes. You know what I mean? Where you have to be like, yeah, we hate each other. Well, we're gonna have to wait till we file next year and do X Y Z. You know what I mean? Like, there's just a bunch of matter of fact stuff that you have to deal with and the fact that he's just so fine with it it's clearly he's also wrecked but it's also clear he doesn't want to talk about it 
like it's um like one of the other things that I, I love just a tiny bit of casting so like the two gay best friends are both kind of swole and a little muscly and clearly the kind of guys who go to the gym and when all this stuff happens it doesn't help at all because it turns out that that's not how fighting works like you know does that does that make sense like it turns out makes that when perfect it, sense yeah when it comes to fighting being like a short stout dude with like with with an incredibly low center of gravity is actually way more scary than being achilles from the movie troy because guys who look like brad pitt and troy tend to get snapped over someone's knee because they don't have any support muscles. They've got a lot of very fancy muscles, but not muscles that- They got all the aesthetic muscles, but none yep. of the practical muscles. But, but but none of the, you know what I mean? Like- Why as a the, carpenter, I'm going to do just fine. It, it's, I mean, it's why when you watch a TV show like Arrow, they're like, oh, he doesn't go to the gym. He wiggles ropes in a warehouse because that feels like- actual exercise he does that little bar thing where he climbs up yeah. and then he doesn't quite know how to get back down yeah that's not that terrifies me by the way but that yeah no no like that kind but like in that kind of that kind of exercise i guess does look cool but like that's not like you, you're much better off just swinging a sledgehammer around like and just hitting a tire you know what i mean like there's a lot or just uh, honestly go chop wood like yeah. you want to be in the best shape of your life or for fuck's sake just wood. do some boxing well, just chop down a tree with an axe. You will be in the best shape of your entire life. It's so. Why do you work. think Vikings look swole as fuck? Yes. Yeah, they. Yeah, it's because all they did was cut down trees. All they did all day to build their fucking day. ships, and yeah. then they, they, and then they spend the rest of that energy killing people. Exactly. Alhalla, baby. God damn it, <laughs> David! This movie is so good. Like I it's can't. Man, can you pick the fucking ringer, man? We Good. need to stop. Well, we need this, to stop this, talking this, about this, this movie was... because we need to eventually stop talking about this movie. But also, I don't want to stop talking about this movie. It's that good. Well, I, I don't know why it took me so long. Like, no, I do know why it took me so long to watch this because here's the thing: the streaming services continually, continually recommended this film to me. David, but, I recommended this looked, movie to us no no less than, I think, four or five sure. times. No, no, no. And you are not wrong. But then you watch the trailer and, and you and I both having lived through our own uh, spousal traumas. Um, I just saw this as being like, this is more uncomfortable than I'm willing to put up with right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I want to deal with like relationship tension kind of uncomfortable. And so... I'm going to put this off till later. <laughs> That's that is the only reason I didn't fucking watch this shit. Well, uh, it turns out that hopefully you've learned your lesson about not listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, Ken, you are right. Most of the time. All right. Except, yeah, except is... when it comes to fish rape. Yes. No, I will. I a hundred percent will, <laughs> will say it was, I was wrong about your wife liking humanoids of the deep. I still right. think that it's, it's it's worth watching, but I also will say I was also uh, wrong about Soul Collector. I'll own up to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will also say sorry about the fish rape, Katie. My bad. Sorry about the fish rape, and I'm sorry we lied to you about Soul Collector. I'm so sorry. Yep, 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 yep. Well, David, um, 
Is that a sewed? I think we sewed it. I think that's a sewed. This this might be one of our long, certainly one of our longer episodes because we could talk about this movie. I could talk about this movie for fucking days. Yeah, but we should probably probably move on to all right to other things. All right. So well, all right. So there's two movies then I've been looking at, um, and so David, do you want me to? So 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 we have discussed before about how. We're not going to watch movies we're not sure about. But yep. I met a lady, and this particular lady said this particular movie was good. So I could recommend the movie that this particular lady has recommended, and then something I know that I have seen. And then we can hop into the time machine and um, and, and see where this goes. However, my, my wife I, missed the time machine, so I'm perfectly fine with bringing the time machine right. back. So, so time machine it is. Do you want me to recommend a movie that I have seen? Or do you want to roll the dice on the second movie? Oh, fuck. You know what? Let's wreck. Re- which one did she wreck? Oh, God. Have you heard of the movie? <laughs> I want to make, it's, 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 it's a proper name, so I want to get that right. Okay. Have I haven't met this new lady friend yet, so I want to make a good impression. The Taking of Deborah Logan. I think I know this one. I know this poster. I've definitely seen it before. Old lady, was, right? Yes. I was told specifically, under no circumstances am I allowed to Google it. I am not allowed to read the wiki. I am not allowed to read the like IMDB synopsis. I am just, I don't even know if I'm allowed to watch the trailer. So here's the thing. We're going to get in the time machine, David, and you're going to watch the trailer, and I still haven't. Because that's that's how much I'm rolling the dice on this particular ladies. It's you're a good boyfriend. That's why. Hey, 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 hey. Let's not use the B word just quite yet. That's that's I mean, yes, that is, in fact, also the truth. But like, we don't need to make it podcast official. That's we don't got to we don't got to start throwing out labels like that. shit. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to do that. What we do need to what we do need to do is decide if you are going to watch what we are going to watch next week. Session nine. I because I want to be clear, David. I'm recommending a fucking ghost movie, and we both know how I feel about fucking ghost movies. I hate them. And session nine fucking rules. Session nine isn't a fucking ghost movie, though. It's I mean, it's a haunted thing movie. Not even that. I mean, it's a psychological thriller, baby. I mean, sure. In the same way that Rosemary's Baby isn't a horror movie, just because Mira Farrow is raped by Ken. Satan, and that's not <laughs> horrific to you, Dan, who thinks raped by Satan is like fun. Hold on, one second. You s- give me like five seconds. One moment. Hold on. One, five, four, oh, shit. three, five two. I'm in my thirties. I can't do like I used to. David, I, uh, I'm i 40 and I climbed Stairway to Heaven. Do you okay. have any idea how hard that was? What do you have? Here's the what's thing. Here, here's what's going to fucking happen. Is this it is Rosemary's my... Baby on Criterion? No, this, this, is my, this is my time machine, baby. Here's what we're doing. I'm doing an impromptu thing. Ken, God damn it. He's just going to drink Everclear till he blacks out. No, we're not gonna nope. This, 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 my friend, is my time machine. All right. And God damn it. We're doing a double feature, you son of a bitch. Is that what we're doing? We're going to do we're both doing, movies next week? Ken, we are doing a fucking double feature. Well, good. Start the time machine. 
And we are back, David. We have done. Let me. I want to. I want to check my work here. Nothing. We're just going to watch both of these movies next week. We're yep. going to double. Yep. That, that's what happened. We just right. missed the time machine so much that you know we just had to take a trip back for old times' yeah. sake. I, I closed the door. The time machine disappeared. It reappeared in front of us. Nothing happened. Everything is fine. I'm great. You're great. I'm spectacular. How are you? Yes. No, Ken, this might be my favorite episode so far. This might be our best episode <laughs> this is, ever. This is a fun one. David, do you have any plugs to be to oh, make pluggable? God, babies, you can check us out at uh, shutter underscore show on Instagram where I uh, put up most, when we do a poll, I'll put it up there, but that's where I'm going to announce when our episodes go up. Um, I swear at some point I'm going to start engaging with folks more. Shit be busy and I be lazy. Um, you can also check me out at uh, underscore DW Marlowe, where I get up to my regular musings, uh, woodworking stuff, everyday life, kind of see what I get up to. But Ken, Kenneth, Ken Stachnik, yes, me. Who, who rocks the stash, this fucking Stachnik, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ken Stachnik, K-E-N-S-C-A-C-H-N-I-K. You can find us on Twitter on at Shutter Show. You can email us at Shuttershow at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube by just Googling Shutter Show and our, our, our faces will come up where it's just this podcast, but you can see some very low res video of me talking in my uh, bedroom and David talking in his bedroom. It's slightly less echoey than before, but still- Excuse me, sir, this is my living room. Let's, oh, I'm sorry, but let's be clear. At Shutter Show, where the audio quality is never usually very good, but the, like, the content is always positive. That's who we are. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we miss all of you. And we want to let you know, good night, good luck. And most importantly, go fuck yourselves. Good night, everybody. Yes. Oh, I love you.